This is the Breathe Again podcast by Ade Chakol. Learn about life, love, family, culture, and spirituality, all from a traditional, divine, and feminine perspective. Welcome to our safe space where we become our highest selves. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Peace and love. I'm so glad to be here. If this is your first time, thank you for finding me. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I hope you enjoy uh, this podcast and whatever brought you here. I'm so grateful that you have found your way. And you've been, if you've been listening um, this far with me and are part of my tribe, you're my soul sister, my soul being. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. And I, um, I have an exciting episode today where I actually have a guest and we're going to be talking about a lot of healing in the area of our womb space. And I can't wait for you to dive in, to enjoy and um, be a part of this beautiful healing episode. Connecting to the womb has been something that I have, um, you know, been called to know more about. Our womb is such a, a beautiful, so spiritual, and um, so full of wisdom that I have, you know, felt like I have neglected for most of our li- my life, and I think for many of the women that I know that I've grown up with, they probably would share the same um, story because we were not raised to fully be connected and embody our womb space, and. As I learned more about the womb, you know, it's actually, it's so powerful and um, so full of intuition, intuitive, uh, where, you know, where our intuition comes from. And we can learn so much by meditating and connecting in our womb space. Um, I mean, think of all the the beautiful uh, gift this part of our body gives us. You know, it's literally the gateway of life itself. Um, And all the changes, the transformation it goes through just to be, you know, be of serving to humanity, to allow us to bring our children into the world, to you know, nurture them in the womb space when they're so fragile and as they're developing these beautiful body temple of theirs. And um, it's it's a space for us to go back into, to, to step in our sovereign power, right? To connect with who we are as women. And here's the beautiful thing. I know there are many women who, for different reasons, um, you know, have had to 
remove their womb or were even born without a womb. And that is not going to change anything from them because that area, that space is already so energetically connected to the divine that just being, you know, there, just having that space within us is enough for us to learn so much from our womb. And um, I'm just so excited about this episode because it really connects us to our feminine nature. Um, We talk a lot about plant medicine and connecting with nature, talking to plants and um, our, you know, our moon cycle and what we can learn from our moon cycle. You know, um, this is, this is a topic also that we all need to really learn a lot from our, um, our moon cycle, you know, as, as many women, including myself, we have been brought up in a society that shames us for our moon cycle, that shames us for menstruating, right? For um, making us feel less when we're bleeding, making us feel um, almost dirty and feel disgusted with our own blood and we talk about why that's no longer serving us why um, being embodied in the feminine means to also look back into the way that we have been conditioned to not like certain part of ourselves or most (laughs) of ourselves um being that our moon cycle, uh, you know, is a major part of what it means to be a woman, to, you know, to go through different cycles. And also, again, you know, this is whether we're still bleeding or we're not, we still go through this cycle in life as women, uh, where we we change energetically, right? Our mood changes, uh, the way we eat changes, the way we communicate, the way we work, the way um, we feel creative and um, the way we live changes so much just within um, the cycle of the moon. And to me, not knowing this as a woman is not knowing a huge part of me. And the fact that, you know, I have been made to believe that this isn't important makes me question a lot of what I have been told is wrong to believe and what I've been told is right to believe. And at a certain point we need to come back to our truest form and have this conversation with within ourselves and with other women of what is truly serving us and what is not 
we are such a powerful being. Women are so, so intuitive, so, um, so powerful. We have this innate nature to, to know. Um, and some of it is fully known in society, how we instantly develop the mother's intuition as we have our children we all of a sudden know um what to do um and i'm not saying all of us you know when we have our babies all of a sudden have this download of knowing what to do but even if we um you know are left to ourselves uh we know how to care for our babies we know um that a certain cry is different than another, right? We know when they're feeling hurt, when um, a certain pain is more painful than another. We know when they're fully happy, right? Uh, We have this intuition as mothers because that's our innate nurturing ability. And that's not the only one. We have so much more uh, intuitive nature that we never fully embodied. And it's time for us to connect with that, right? It's time to connect with our truest nature, our truest form. And in this episode, we talk about plants and how we can communicate with plants, um, be it verbally or um, intuitively, or um, you know, by having visions or uh, in different ways. Um, but we can. That is innate within us. I know in my culture, and also in so many other cultures, um, you know we we have this knowing with plants this understanding that plants are here to heal us there are certain plants that are hugely medicinal and this wisdom uh we've seen it i know in, even in my generation we've seen um our not so much with our parents probably but with our grandparents um how they worked with plants, how they made different tinctures and knew exactly what type of plant to use when, because that information has been, you know, what they knew. They didn't just run to the pharmacy uh, to just grab, a, you know, an over-the-counter drug when they get hurt or they have a headache or whatever. They knew exactly what plant to use for what ailment they are experiencing. And we have disconnected from that. And when we disconnect from this type of wisdom, what we're doing is truly disconnecting from nature herself, from Mother Earth. Um, And it affects us in so many ways, right? We've numbed our intuition. We've numbed our feminine nature to be a 
you know, daughters of Mother Earth. And it's so fascinating. It's so healing to start connecting, to start falling in love with what this beautiful planet has to offer us and what we can offer to this beautiful mother nature that fully surrounds us. And um, yeah, I just cannot wait to share this episode with you. Before we dive in, I am also uh, excited to let you know that today I launched um, my live course on healing the winded feminine. And I invite you all to go over to, um, right now actually, it's just on my Instagram. If you go into my Instagram, you will find the link to register. And we will be having a two-hour intensive course on healing the wounded feminine energy. Um, Because let's face it, ladies, we need to. We need to connect more with each other. And we need to heal together and see how powerful we are when we heal ourselves and even more powerful when we heal each other through each other's words, through each other's support, through each other's love and be in a community. So take a look at my course. It's on August the 22nd, 2021. Um, and I believe it's on Sunday. So it's a two hour course. I invite you to take a look and register. If you have any questions about it, definitely let me know. I will be more than happy to assist you in any way um, to be in in the circle um, because it's it's really so sacred to me, so um, so important to me to do this work and to connect with you and with. Um, all you divine feminine women that are in my tribe. So let me know if you have any questions. And I, um, I really want you to also let me know what you think about this episode, what you love about connecting with plants and connecting to your womb, connecting to your moon cycle. And um, I'm just so honored that Desley uh, is, you know, was willing to share with us a little bit about her wisdom and the work that she does. Uh, she helps menstruators solve their period and also their fertility problems by teaching them how to use the tools of plant medicine and energetics and also rituals that guides them in remembering how to embody their womb space as a seed of power. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Desley. Hi, Desley. Thank you so much for um, being here with me. Um, I've been looking so 
uh, forward to our conversation today because uh, it's something that I'm so passionate about and I am really getting to explore about, you know, working with our womb space and being more intuitive, especially when it comes to uh, plants and nature. So I am so grateful and thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here and, and feeling grateful as well to be uh, here talking to you. Amazing. So, um, yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and um, this amazing journey that you're here, the work that you do. How did it all unfold and um, why, why you're here sharing your amazing gift and amazing medicine to the world? Sure thing. Um, uh, I mean, currently in the work that I do, I'm helping women and menstruators with their menstrual health and fertility. Um, and I guess in a greater way, helping them to learn how to embody their womb space and their pelvic bowl as a seat, um, of their power, of their intuition, of their gut feelings. Um, and my journey in coming to doing this work is kind of a lifelong journey as most of them are. Uh, I was an athlete when I was uh, young, a child. I was a very competitive athlete. So in my early times before even becoming a teenager, I spent a lot of time in chiropractor's offices and sports medicine therapy offices and physiotherapy. And um, so I had a lot of, you know, just through the process of injuring yourself as an athlete and then going into alternative care, not just taking you can't really give a child you know, pain medication. So we're looking at alternative care back then in the 90s. Um, and it just got me really interested in learning how you can heal the body when it becomes injured. So that sparked my first little interest in how our bodies work. And then when I went to university, I studied kinesiology and health sciences and learned a little bit uh, more about anatomy and physiology and how the mechanics of the body work. But it wasn't really doing it for me uh, emotionally or spiritually. As a competitor, competitive athlete, I felt this like spark and this drive during competition. And when I was studying in school, I didn't feel that spark. So at the time, I didn't know what to, how to describe it, but it was just missing that. And uh, one of our um, classes in university, we started to look at alternative therapies for sports injuries. And there was a Chinese medicine doctor that came in and spoke to us about the concept of qi and how it moves in the body and how you can perceive it and feel it and how you can use a modality like acupuncture to heal sports injuries. And during that talk, she gave us some exercises where we had to clap our hands and start to move and make this ball into our hands and then move our hands in, open and in. And it felt almost like magnets and I could feel it. And in that moment, it was like that. I just remember thinking that is what I was missing. That I want to learn about that. So I transferred my education from uh, kinesiology into traditional Chinese medicine. And that was back in 2005. And I thought originally, oh, I'll just go to school for four years and open my acupuncture practice and that'll be that. And um, that was a long time ago. And I'm still way down the rabbit hole of learning um, energetics and energetic medicine, ancient Taoist theory and practices. So it's been a long uh, down the rabbit hole journey into traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and then further to that, 
I moved out of the country a couple of times. I'm in Canada, but I went to go live in Scotland for a little while to pursue further studies in acupuncture. And something about the land in Scotland, this very ancient, volcanic, rocky land, uh, started to shift some things within me. And soon after moving there, I changed my life. I changed my partnership. Uh, I started to reorient what I was doing in my life. And then I left Scotland, came back home for a year, and then was invited to uh, participate in a plant medicine ceremony in Canada. Um, And from that point, I started to uh, learn a little bit more about plant medicines and nature um, and talking to Mother Nature, which is something I also have done my entire life, talking to the trees and the plants. Um, And so to learn more, uh, to understand more about that, I went and moved uh, into Peru and lived in Peru for a while as well and uh, learned about plant medicines from a different perspective. So my education and experience background is like very scientific, physiological anatomy, but also energetic medicine and then also spiritual plant medicine basis as plants are, you know, living entities as well. So education wise that's what brought me to where I am now in the modalities that I use Um, and then in the work that I do with womb work being an athlete um, I was in an all-girls sport and often athletes are taught to just kind of push whatever is a problem away and don't think about it and keep going and the same was true when we got our periods Uh, it was like just put a tampon in and go back to practice keep going don't think about it almost to the point where our periods were like a pain, you know, that you just put a tampon in and and deal with it. And I think that disconnection between my cycle and my body uh, started to grow as I got into adulthood. And I didn't really pay attention to my cycle or what day it was going to happen. I didn't notice any cramps or no cramps. I just basically ignored it. I was completely disconnected from my cycle. And uh, that led me to getting a LEAP procedure done to remove some uh, cells from the cervix, which was actually a very invasive procedure where they burn part of your cervix off. And that brought me a little bit more into like, whoa, this is, they said it wasn't a big deal, but that was kind of a big deal. I wasn't prepared for that. And, and why do we do, why do we, why don't, why didn't anybody tell me this? Um, And then in my early 20s, I experienced um, a pregnancy and I didn't even know I was pregnant. So I was so disconnected from my cycle that I didn't realize I was late. I didn't even think about being pregnant. And I had to have a a good girlfriend come and say, you know, you're acting strange. Are you pregnant? So there was such a huge disconnect. And through that, you know, just over time realizing how how disconnected one can be from our cycle. Mm-hmm. I've been through the process of traditional Chinese medicine and plant medicines kind of coming back into that cycle. And when I started studying Chinese medicine, uh, I started learning more about my cycle and paying more attention and understanding the fluctuations and the changes in our energy and our emotion, and then learning about plant medicines to support that. So now that's what I like to do show other people how to do. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us. Uh, so much to uncover here. And, you know, as you were talking, I noticed, you know, there are so a few, um, 
instances which led to your shift in consciousness. The first one you mentioned, you know, with the, the physical, right? Being an athlete and then um, that created a shift. And I know like so many of us, unless like our body tells us, right? Something happens in our body, we forget to connect with our body, right? And then you also mentioned um, nature, how nature being in that beautiful land uh, also shifted your energy. And we don't, you know, unless we go out and feel nature, we become so disconnected. So, um, and then also the womb, you know, disconnecting with our period and our entire cycle how much that creates a gap between like who we truly are and um, the kind of life that we're living right now, which is so detached. So uh, I just thought that, you know, that was just a very good example of something doesn't really need to happen in our body for us to connect, right. To, to see, I think there's just so much going on in the world right now for us to know that it is time to come to our body. It is time to connect with nature. We don't have to sit and wait until something happens. We are seeing it in a lot of people, right? So um, what are, I guess, so what are the things that people should kind of step back and see within themselves, right? To do this work, to start connecting and to start thinking differently about our body and uh, how much wisdom there is within us and how that wisdom can heal us in so many levels, right? And so what should we be noticing in ourselves right now? Yeah, I think the, the first couple of things to notice is um, just how often we ignore our gut feeling or that little voice which essentially is our intuition, which is coming rooted inside of our uterus, inside of our womb space. And as we grow up in the culture that we have, these modern times, we're conditioned in so many different ways to ignore that voice or to ignore that gut feeling. And so by the time we become adults, we just are in the habit of not listening to it. And that little voice will give you the right right direction if you practice how to listen to it. And so just noticing, you know, almost just taking the self-awareness to notice when you override that little gut feeling and that little voice. And another way that we can start doing it is, is we're also conditioned to be warriors in this time. So many women I talk to, friends or also clients, they've just had to warrior through their life. And that's kind of the way we just get it done. You know, you pick up the pieces, you keep going. And and that's also in a conditioning that we have. That's also a survival mechanism that we have. But when it comes to our womb space and our menstrual cycle, warrioring through is not the ideal way. That's when we start to find imbalance. And there's a real gift and medicine in slowing down and in softening and uh, giving ourselves permission to let go of rigidity and just to know that, you know, today, maybe I don't feel like doing that because my period's about to come and I would rather just rest. 
And then honoring that and saying no and putting up boundaries when it's possible. Or, or honoring the time that you, okay, I don't feel like doing this right now, but I know probably in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have the energy for it. And so we can really just take that rigidity of like, it always has to be this way and let that go and, and give ourselves permission to be gentle and soft with ourselves. And that softness, I think also helps us to listen to that gut feeling when we, when we give ourselves the permission to just slow down. Absolutely. Yes, that's when things start opening up, at least in my own experience. Um, I, what, I mean, like many of us, I was one of those women and I still catch myself where, you know, it's always go, 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 go and do and, you know, just be in that masculine uh, energy all the time. And it's not really our fault because that's just the way the world has been designed. But it doesn't necessarily serve us, right? So we need to know enough to break out of that cycle. And yeah. we can do that. Um, it's just a matter of shifting our perspective and knowing, like you just said, you know, we there is power. We have that power to get to know our body, get to know nature. And especially as women, our cycle is is huge in our lives and yes uh, in so many cultures in my culture we did not discuss periods and menstruation um i don't know if you know our grandparents did it but i know at least my generation the way i grew up it wasn't anything to talk about or um in fact it was even considered to be dirty right you always hide it you don't talk about it um, and even with your parents, you, you know, it's, it's not something that we did talk about. Um, but it's time for us to change that perspective. Right. And, um, how can we do that? Like, how can we start falling in love with our, you know, our cycle? And, um, is there like a certain ritual that we can do? Um, to connect more like what will help us connect more i know for me it started when i started kind of not using pads and started using the cups and actually not feeling that disgust right um and it's okay it's you know it's it's me and it actually has so much wisdom it's such a beautiful thing to actually see your blood um but Many of us, we want to cover it up. So what are certain rituals or changes that we can do to connect more? Yeah, um, I think just like you said, you know, getting close with your own menstrual blood, um, it can be very healing because of the conditioning we have uh, collectively around it being dirty or gross and not wanting to touch it. When, when, when you think about it, you know, this, first of all, is coming from your own body. So how can something from your own body gross you out? Really? Um, you know, and then when we think about what menstruation is, when it's, you know, yes, technically it's sloughing off and releasing of the lining of the uterus, but what is that substance? You know, that, that is, is the blood of life. And whether we choose to have a life within our womb or not, we still release that. And that 
has real magic and potency just in the potential and the nurturing qualities of the menstrual blood. And we can start to think of it like that instead of something that's gross and dirty. And that can help us shift our perspective. And yeah, I think getting close with a, a menstrual cup with a menstrual cup is a great idea. Um, also following the moon. You know, the moon shares the same cycle uh, that we have, you know, roughly, not we don't all have exact 28-day cycles, but roughly. And if you're just starting, a great way is to just check in with the moon. You know, when you first start menstruating, you can look up and think, okay, well, where where is the moon right now? And, you know, whatever phase it's in, you can then start to watch it through the next month and notice, you know, if you don't want to watch the, the moon every day, there's at least four periods, you know, the new moon, the first quarter, the full moon, and the third quarter, just to kind of get an idea when those phases are and how they interrelate with your own cycle. Um, I think there's a lot of talk around, you know, you must bleed on the new moon and ovulate on the full moon. And, you know, yes, but also no, because we don't always do that. So just learning your own cycle and where are you linked up with the moon at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, other nice rituals, you know, lots of people feel called to offer their blood back to the earth. They can be very elaborate, you know, Instagram worthy altar, flower, mandala things that you're offering, or it can be as simple as, you know, going out on your own and, you know, pouring some diluted, uh, menstrual blood onto some plants or offering it to a body of water, um, with the intention to heal, uh, yourself and to give some of that life force, that potential life force that you're, is leaving your own body back to the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this, our uterus is open down into the earth. So our biology supports us even connecting with the earth. And for those that have had uh, hysterectomies or that were born without uteruses, you still have that opening. The energy is still there. The container energetically is still there. So you can still connect into the earth and, and just feeling your feet on the earth, you know, going out when you feel called to go look at the moon with your bare feet on the ground and feel your feet on the earth and your head in the sky and know that you're in between that. That can be, you know, a very simple but very powerful ritual. Absolutely. And it just connects you so much with nature, right? And it connects you, it it helps you see how you're connected with the universe. When I do that, when I go out and look at the moon, it's like, you know, that disconnect, that gap that I have created where all the, you know, the universe is way out there and I'm here in my box of, you know, day-to-day life. Um, all of that just doesn't make sense anymore. You'd see yourself as such a, you know, such a valuable, precious part of the universe. And especially how, you know, the moon up there impacts you, how, you know, you're connected to that and it connects with your cycle is is such a magical thing, right? I, I think that's just so beautiful. And as we're talking right now, and, and, you know, for listeners, if you're listening to this and you have this resistance of, oh, I'm not doing that, that's gross, that's something to uncover. I feel like that's a, a healing opportunity for you because um, why? Who put that, you know, that thought in your mind of 
it's just, it's weird, right? A lot of people might consider um, diluting your blood and, you know, pouring out into your plants, giving it to nature is something very weird. But our ancestors did it. This is something that had been done, you know, throughout history. It's just something happened, you know, in between that caused this disconnect. And um, it's time to ask those questions, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how, you know, when you started doing that, like, did you get questions like this? So I don't know if I want to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I used to think it was really gross. I didn't want to go near it. And, um, you know, if you think about the way that our society is set up, the way that um, capitalism, you know, and our economic system is set up, where we just take from the earth, you know, we take the food, we, we take the plants, we take the reason, there's not really any act of reciprocity. And so uh, when we offer our blood back to the earth, we're now, we're now closing the circle where we're not just taking from the earth, but we're giving back as well. So it creates this cycle of reciprocity. And again, we're looking at this circle here, like the cycle of our menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle and the cycle of reciprocity. It just kind of closes the, the energy and the intention um, where, we, where we do get to start to give that back. And that helps us to foster a relationship with the earth, with the plants. You know, sometimes we have plants that we're growing just, for, just because we like them, but then there's other plants that we grow because we want to eat them or we want medicine from them. And if we just take from them all the time without giving, how is that a sustainable relationship? So. Yes, yes. I mean, if you look all around you, nature is all about sustenance, right? And yes, it's, it's us, it's the humans who, who feel like we are not a part of that system. And the more we get into that, the more we start, you know, communicating with nature and actually getting our feet into nature and feeling that energy. Um, then we start acting differently. And then we start communicating with plants. So tell me, like, uh, you know, that this is something I'm exploring myself and um, it, it's been a miracle journey for me to actually start feeling that the the connection I have with plants um me you know feeling more rooted and having this intuitive um connection um, it's such a beautiful thing and I know you you teach a class on intuitive plant medicine um how is that do you how does that work for me it's right now when I talk to plants I internally Kind of, I have this knowing of what that plant is trying to tell me. And at first there was this resistance of, is this really happening? Am I just, you know, imagining things? I just want to hear what I want to hear. Um, and that could be something people can do. They think it's their imagination when they're communicating with plants. So how do we know? How do we know where it truly listening to the plants and connecting to the plants and how does how does that all work um i think we know just by practicing mm. you know it's really um a skill that we all have access to 
You know, the plants have been there always since before humans, you know, and we, they're always talking and communicating with each other, with the fungus under the ground. So they're already communicating. We just need to learn how to join the conversation. And I love teaching intuitive plant medicines, especially for menstruators, because it's a great practice, practical tool to learn how to trust your own intuition. Because it's that little voice, you know, that little voice inside that we override is the same kind of idea where you think you're hearing something or knowing something from a plant. And then you kind of have this habit to override it. Or maybe I'm just making that up. And so you can practice. And the more that you practice, the more you see that you're right, you get confirmations. So, you know, if you hear something from a plant, people have their information in different ways. So some people hear, some people like yourself have just an, an knowing. Some people have sensations in their body. Some people can close their eyes and have very elaborate visual experiences. So just learning how your, how your intuition communicates with you and then learning, picking up, picking up the useful information that you're receiving from the plant and then maybe going after that point to go look up the plant and see what are the uses or what, what were the ritual uses traditionally for that plant or how is it used? in traditional herbology. And often when you look that up, you can see the correlation of the information that you got with what the plant was telling you directly and you know a certain way that you're meant to be using it or how it can help you or help others around you. And so I think just by practicing, practicing that enough times, you'll get confidence to trust that. Because it, you know at some level, it is your imagination, but what is your imagination? It's that subtle area of imagination and thought and intuition and uh, intention. It's this immaterial, material kind of funny space of physical reality. So when we start to trust that and we have enough confirmations to see that the information we're getting is correct, that gives us confidence to trust that more and more. And then we can trust our own intuition more and more too. Mm, I love that. Yes, our imagination. It, to learn to trust that is so beautiful. As kids, we did that, right? Yeah. And I tell my kids all the time when they ask me, what, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know, use your imagination. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know why uh, as adults, it becomes as if it's meaningless to us, but it's yeah. practice, right? Our imagination speaks so much and... Um, that is our um, intuition. Our it does. Yes, our imagination is so powerful. Uh, when, when I'm teaching uh, folks how to perform energetic exercises, at first we're using the mind and the intention to direct uh, energy or life force in different parts of the body to do different jobs. And when we first do it, I usually use the language of use your imagination. So maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you're not actually moving the energy with your mind, but just imagine that you are. Because in the same way that we start a new exercise, for example, and we're trying to do a new exercise we've never done before, our muscles are jerky and they don't move very smoothly because the signal from our brain to our muscles is jumping from nerve to nerve until we set the neural pathway for it to become a smooth movement. And the same is true when we're doing energetic work. 
if we've never moved energy in a particular pathway but with our mind before, it's going to feel jerky or it's going to feel like we're just imagining it all. But if we practice over time, that imagination starts to turn into our actual mental fortitude of moving the energy. Um, and the same can be true when we're talking to plants and to nature. You know, it might feel like your imagination at first, but keep practicing. It's, the, it's almost like an act of resistance to unlearn how we override our intuition mm. and start to come back and listen to that. And, and in that way, we can start to take apart a lot of the ways that we're living, maybe in our own family or in our own community or in the greater um, greater global community, we can start to make different choices based on the intuitive guidance that we're all receiving for how to live life in a good way, in a sustainable way with reciprocity and care for our bodies, care for each other, care for the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I, it's, it, you know, we've been conditioned so much. I think it's, you know, our, our muscles, like you said, are, they're just so used to living in you know this disconnected lifestyle for us to get connected back to ourselves it's going to take work right it's going to take um intention and to a lot of trust a lot of trust in ourselves a lot of trust in um nature and how everything works and it all works for our greater good right and um so for me, it all started when I saw this connection and I've always loved the nature. I've always loved to be, you know, outside and feel the earth in my feet. That has always been my happy place. Um, but many of us don't have that, you know, that opportunity right now. And we're working at home and we don't have the time. But what are the things that we can do in our daily lives? to to make that happen for us, to feel connected and to start this journey of, um, you know, being more intuitive and start utilizing nature and plants for our own health. You know, we don't have to necessarily be out in the middle of some forest, you know, in the middle of nowhere to connect with nature. And most of us, you know, are, we can do that anywhere. Uh, although I don't live in the city right now, I lived in, in the city, in a big city in Canada for a long time. And there's trees in parks. And some of those trees were, you know, favorite friends that I like to walk by and talk to. You can grow something in your own home. You can, most places, even the, the big urban places will have, you know, creeks or rivers somewhere nearby. If you don't even have access to that, you can turn on your tap and connect to the water coming out of the tap because it came from a water source somewhere. So you can connect to it. I heard a really neat story of someone who had a menstrual, they were holding their uh, menstrual blood in a cup and usually they offer it to the earth. But they found themselves in a position where they're in a public washroom and they had to change their cup. And they thought, well, what am I going to do? I don't have anywhere to save this, to take it home, to bring to my plants. What am I going to do? And so she put it in the toilet and had the intention of let this go to the water and, you know, let me offer it to the water down the toilet. And I think that's a great story because it's the intention is still there. So 
the connection is not about the outward connection. The connection is about the inward intention. So if your intention is good and pure and honest from your heart, then you don't need a fancy place to be. You can do it at the toilet. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it goes back to your imagination, right? And your intention. And that you have everything you need right now. We don't need to um, create this Instagram images around us, right? Like a lot of people feel like exactly I need to have all you know, the utensils and all the, the materials, um, especially like you know when people start their spiritual journey, like they collect so many crystals and a lot of that. It's good to have; it's nice, but it, we don't really need to have so much right no and when you think about it that mindset of i need to buy the right crystals or get the right things before i do it that's still coming from that consumerist capitalist you know machine that we're all part of you know you don't actually have to buy the things you have you have what you need inside your intention you don't actually need anything they are like you said they're nice to have you know, but if you, if you buy all the crystals that, you know, and your attention isn't there, you, it's not going to be the same as. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the energy, the power comes from you, it's, you know, and you put it out there. So that's, that's really wonderful. And um, what are like, if I know people might be wondering, okay, so um, how can I, you know, heal, heal myself, like what type of, could be like menstrual issues or any health issues that from your experience, from probably, uh, you know, people you worked with, what are like the biggest things that people have done to see like a major change in their life just by, you know, being intentional and using um, plants? Yeah, like what sort of things have they, you know, healed from? Is that what you mean? Yes. Uh, All sorts of different things. Um, You know, sometimes there's folks that are coming in with pelvic floor issues. They've experienced a prolapse, um, you know, after birth. Um, Some people are coming in with, you know, painful periods or heavy periods or infertility. Um, Kind of a whole range of of menstrual issues. it really depends, depending on your issue and what is the root cause. Mm-hmm. A lot of the folks that um, that end up coming to me, they've gone to the doctor and they've had their hormones tested, and they've you know, or they've gone to the fertility, they've had the fertility tested, and they're like, "Well, your your levels are okay. There's no reason why you should be having this, and there's no reason why you can't conceive. I don't understand, and like, I guess it's just something you're gonna have to live with, and like, we don't really have an explanation. In those cases, which is very common, most of us, you know, we fall within the range of normal, and nobody knows what what to do with that. When it's when those are the situations, often the the issue is rooted at the energetic level, or at the emotional level, or sometimes even at the spiritual level with ourselves or through our ancestral lineage. And there's something anchored within the subtle bodies of ourselves that's creating a contraction. Perhaps it's a trauma or an intergenerational trauma 
or a, a habit of being in a particular emotional state, or like we spoke about at the beginning about having this rigidity. When we have this rigid mindset, we cause rigidity in our subtle bodies as well. And the menstrual cycle, it is a physical cycle where we have the hormones and the changing of the fluids and the de- and all of that. But it's also an emotional cycle. We have different emotions through each phase. It's also an energetic cycle where we have greater energy output and then we want to conserve our energy. It's also a spiritual cycle where we have openness to our intuition sometimes and sometimes we're getting things done in the physical world. So there are subtle levels to our menstrual cycle and when we can start to learn how to move with that, we can find where these anchors of constriction are within our subtle bodies. And then we can start to use energetic practices and plant medicines and sometimes ritual to lift that out of our subtle bodies. And then that opens the way or opens the blossoms, the uterus, you know, creates this beautiful, lovely container, this beautiful flower that's soft and gentle and fertile and nourishing. Um, and, and often that can, that can change our whole menstrual cycle. And further to that, that can start to change our whole life because we just show up in the mundane aspects of life where we're doing the dishes or cleaning the floors and we still have this connection to ourselves and we're still honoring ourselves. You know, maybe the, to- maybe the washrooms need cleaning, but today I'm feeling like my period is coming and I don't want to do it. And it's okay if I don't do that. I'm not going to push through. I'll do it in a few days. So just honoring ourselves in the most mundane aspects of our lives will reinforce that power that we have within it's sovereignty, really, that we have in our own body, in our womb space. Mm, yes, yes. There are four cycles, I mean, four, four phases in our cycle, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And then um, what we should be expecting to feel in those cycles and then also a little bit of, you know, the practices that we can start or rituals that we can start during those phases um, to connect more and start to learn a little bit more about ourselves. Sure thing. Uh, We'll start with the first phase kind of immediately after we start bleeding. So right after our period, up until the time, maybe a few days before ovulation. This is a time where we just had our periods, so we're going to be a little bit depleted from the loss of tissue and blood and energy, um, but yet our energy is starting to increase. So this is a time where we look at nourishing ourselves with really good food, lighter food. Um, we can work with uh, herbs that are nervines. They just help to support our nervous system. We can drink lots of really good water. And we can start to um, plan, I guess, plan ahead. Think about what we're going to do for this next cycle or this next phase. What do we want to accomplish? And then as we move from that phase into ovulation phase, a few days before ovulation, you know, roughly about a week, we have a lot more energy. We have a lot more desire to, to, to create or to connect outward. This is when you can create all of your social media posts, or you can connect with friends. You can go and have social engagements. You can clean your house because you have the energy of it, and you can put flowers in your place, and you can 
do all of these beautification, cleaning, cleansing movie. You can work out really hard. You can go, you know, if you really want to do that hard workout, you can do that, or you can go for a really strong hike. You have this energy, this vitality, and this outward focused um, situation. And then usually a little few days after ovulation, you can start to feel just a subtle shift. And, and the desire to be so outgoing starts to shift and close down. And this is in, as we enter into the premenstrual phase. Oftentimes, this is when we have food cravings and irritability. And we start to notice things that maybe, or things that we didn't notice throughout the rest of the month didn't make a big deal. Now, all of a sudden, they're a big deal. This is actually a real gift because as we start to shift into this phase, our intuition really starts to open and our threshold for taking BS also lowers. So those are things to look at and they're to look at internally. So if somebody upsets you or you get frustrated about something it's not the thing but it's to look at why am i frustrated right now am i doing something that i don't feel like doing am i saying yes when i really need no am i doing something because i should do it and not because i really want to so those that's all when we behave in ways where we think we should act instead of how what's true for ourselves we will we'll get, get irritable and so this is, these are things to look at that we don't have to make changes in this phase. We can wait till after our periods, but they're just to notice like, oh, okay, this is not really driving for me. And uh, this is also a good time to nourish our body because we're preparing to menstruate. So we start to shift from maybe cooler foods at ovulation, raw fruits and vegetables into maybe cooked root vegetables and start to get into soups and stews. Uh, ginger is a really good herb to work with just before our period. And so we just slow down and, and then we know that our period is coming. So we can plan ahead for the next week and maybe change our schedule. If there's certain you know, social engagements that we might not want to be at while we're menstruating, maybe we can cancel or make a rain check or try a new plan. If we know we have a huge workload next week, is there something we can delegate so that we're not doing so much next week when our period arrives? So you're preparing for that. Mm -hmm. And then when our period arrives, usually most people don't want to outward focus. Uh, I notice myself in my own cycle just because I have to keep the social media posts going with the work that I do. When I'm on my period, I don't feel like doing that. So I allow, you know, maybe I'm not posting all the time that week. I take my, give myself a break. You know, I give myself permission not to overwork and I take more time either reading or having a bath or sometimes even just watching a show on the couch, just taking it easy, um, being outside, just hanging out with no actual plan. This is the time that our intuition is up. So being quiet and still will give us the space to hear our intuition. Mm. when we're most intuitive you think we're open as we're bleeding our uterus is open our cervix is open and we're releasing so if we're open below we're also open above and we can receive so much during that time but if we're too busy we won't hear it or if we're depleted because we did too much we won't hear it so rest during the menstrual phase take it easy and then usually on day four or day five 
you can start to feel a subtle shift again. So maybe if you still have your period, you're still menstruating, but you can start to feel the energy shift again and kind of come out of the underworld. And then we bring ourselves back to the beginning and nourishing ourselves again. Awesome. That's, I love that. And uh, for, for me, I uh, associate it with like the seasons, the, you know, um, winter and then spring and then, you know, summer and then fall. It aligns literally like to, to our cycle. And how you feel during those seasons is basically we have those feelings every cycle phase. And it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful how we're always changing. You know, we're yes. never within one month, we have so much going on and we're, we're just so beautiful. And imagine, for, you know, I like to think of how connecting to the cycle helps you really be more compassionate with yourself, right? If you know that you're supposed to be resting and you're supposed to take time for yourself when you're bleeding, um, you have that compassion for yourself if you don't want to post or if you don't want to be more social versus if you didn't know, then you'd be like, why am I doing this, right? Why am I, uh, so many thoughts would come to your mind. So knowing where you are in your cycle creates this compassion and love. Uh, yes. which, which I think is just so beautiful. And um, it, I think that's just literally what self-love is, in, in my opinion, is getting more connected to... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's really just honoring ourselves and um, taking the... Giving ourselves permission, yeah, to honor ourselves. That's, that is self-love. And we are cyclical beings. So, you know, the moon is a major cyclical being as well that we connect to, but we connect to all cycles. We connect to the seasons. We connect to, you know, the way that the earth spins, the way that the planets spin. We, there are all these spinning cycles and we can start to think of ourselves as this spinning cycle as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's yeah. great ways we can connect that way. It's so beautiful. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of listeners are getting so much wisdom from this. So thank you so much. Um, if there's one thing that uh, you'd like to share, you know, to women who are just starting their journey into getting them to know their cycle, to know how much wisdom is within their body, um, what would that be? Mm, that's a good one. I think I would tell them, to remember that, that they're an incredible creature and they already have the wisdom, not only their own wisdom, but the wisdom of their whole lineage behind them, all the generations that it took to bring them here today. They're carrying that with them, especially um, through our biological matrilineal line, whether we're connected to our mothers or not. The egg that was you was inside your mother's ovary while your mother was inside your grandmother's womb gestating. And so that one little cell that would eventually become you was inside your grandmother. You have this link to your ancestors and that's so strong and they are supporting you and holding you while you remember your own 
wisdom, your own power, your own sovereignty. And you can do it. You can do it. Just be gentle with yourself and listen to your gut. I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Debbie. Um, how can people reach out to you? Um, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, you can, if you're on Instagram, you can find me at the underscore womb underscore witch. Uh, or you can email me at Desley, D-E-S-L-E-E, at thewombwitch.com or at, just on my website at thewombwitch.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a pleasure and an honor. If this podcast, if this episode has made sense to you, if you like it, Go ahead and share it, tag me on it, on Instagram, um, whatever that, you know, you feel called to, that will help. Leave me a review, that also helps. And I am so grateful for you. Love you, beautiful souls. Until next time, stay divine.